When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply back uh roughly 50 hours since we last did the browns cast i'm your host taylor jedrazak and i'm here with matt milner on this early record version of a uh, preview preview pod it is tuesday night and no team no team has practiced yet and we're previewing the next game how are you doing matt doing pretty good uh just right now hat Excited for Thanksgiving, excited for just getting together with family. That's just, that's where I'm at. What about you, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I get uh, two Thanksgivings. It's kind of nice. Oh, you are so lucky. You get, to, <laughs> you get to eat more and you get more leftovers. That's even better. I get Thanksgiving on Thursday and Saturday. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds so nice. <laughs> you got, you got Thanksgiving one, a day off in between, and then. Thanksgiving too. So, so last few years have been have been kind to me on Thanksgiving. But once the football is over on Thanksgiving, we will still have to deal with another Browns game. <laughs> and I say deal with as if it's some kind of chore. Granted, it has kind of felt like a chore this year. <laughs> They've had even when winning. they're winning, it's never it's never always fun. Somehow, some way. <laughs> They've won four games on the final possession, and the other three wins they've won by a combined like seventy points. <laughs> <laughs> they even they've either been t- boring or just not boring enough. <laughs> yeah, they they've been they've been to the point where I want to throw up a little bit, or I'm falling asleep in the third quarter. But we have an interesting game coming up. Um, Browns going to Denver. Um, last time they went there, they broke a – went there in 2018, the end of the 2018 season. Uh, Jabril Peppers had a sack on fourth down. Yeah, and Greg that was, Williams called like an all-out blitz. <laughs> yeah, that play. yeah that, was, that was the first time the Browns had won in Denver since I think 1989. Or something, something absurd. So that monkey is off their back. Uh, Denver came back. Um, what was it? Was it twenty twenty one or twenty twenty? It was twenty twenty one because that was the week. Baker, that was the Case Keenum week. Yeah, it, it was also the week Baker like spilled the beans on his shoulder injury and then caused another can of worms to happen that week because nobody knew exactly what happened until he he told the insider all the. All the all that happened. Yeah, that was a whole time. Either way, uh, Browns are coming off a. They're on a three-game winning streak this season. Two-game winning streak uh, all time against the the Broncos. Um, but this is a different Broncos team than we've seen in recent years. Um, Russell Wilson is there. Is Russell Wilson good? That's Jur- to be debated. Jury's out. Um, but. With the current status of the Browns' offense and their health, 
there's no easy games going forward, except for maybe the Bears and the Jets if Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. So we're going to be on the edge of our seat for most of the rest of the season. Um, and it starts this week. Um, what, what are your initial thoughts on this one? Um, it's definitely one where I, I can't really get a read on the on the Broncos because they've started to pick it up a little bit. They had a big win against the the Bills, and then they had a pretty solid performance against uh, Josh Dobbs and the Vikings. So they're starting to pick it up a little bit, but I'm just not sure how good they are in general. That like I know their defense has big warts, especially on run defense, and with the offense, I I can't really tell if it's starting to click or is it just because uh, I just can't really get a read on anything with with Buff, uh, Denver at all, really. Well, I I kind of word vomited this into our Discord, our private side of our Discord earlier today. Uh, I was doing a little bit of just digging on you know how the Broncos have managed to do this the last four weeks. They've won four straight games to beat the Chiefs, to beat the Bills. Um, they, f- I believe they forced to combine eight turnovers in those games. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe more. Might have been more. But <laughs> either way, uh, they are, they, they've forced 15 turnovers in their last four games. Uh, they're plus 11 in turnover differential. That being said, even though they're they've generated 15 turnovers, they've only scored 25 points directly off those turnovers. They they keep they keep getting the getting turnovers on the plus side of the field. Um, it's generated a bunch of points for them where they don't have to drive the ball very far. Um, I'm just looking at this now. They have. One, two, three, four scoring drives, five scoring drives of, let's see, fewer than 10 yards because they, they took the ball, they took over the, the possession inside the 30. Um, only one of those is a touchdown drive. If that says you were, tells you where the offense is. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense because like, that offense has just been such like, it just seems like Sean Payton and Russ are just at a conflict with each other where like Sean Payton wants to do one thing and then Russ wants to do what Russ does. And it just feels like the worst match that they, that the, the Broncos could have asked for because it feels like Sean Payton wants him to be breeze, but, but he's Russ. It doesn't make any sense, but Despite that, they're somehow winning games because of the defense, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, we just we just have to look at last week. They had they forced uh, three Vikings turnovers. They had a scoring drive of six plays for seventeen yards that started at the the Minnesota thirty. So it took them six plays to go get to the thirteen, and they kicked a field goal. They had another field goal, the field goal drive that was four plays for minus one yard that started at the nine. Wow. <laughs> so that's six points off of two turnovers. They won by one. 
And in those drives, they had 16 yards on two, on two field goal drives. Like the offense, they're, I guess, putting up points. I mean, they're, they've scored 20 in every game, except the game against the chiefs uh, where they scored 19. So like they're getting some semblance of the job done, but they're, they're not doing it at, at a, an efficient enough rate for me to like believe that this is some kind of turnaround for their offense. Yeah. It just feels like they, they're lucking into these wins. It feels like what with the bills game, especially if they don't have 12 men on the field or they don't win that game. And then with like the three turnovers against the chiefs, do do they really win that game? And it just feels like they're lucking into these wins. The, The chiefs had five turnovers. Oh, they have more. <laughs> yeah, the Chiefs turned the ball over five times that day, and the Broncos won by thirteen. Or no, they won by fifteen. Like, not not what you want if you're if you're forcing five turnovers and only scoring twenty four points. Yeah, you should be at least getting to twenty if you get five turnovers. Yeah, I mean the um the the. Against the Chiefs, their scoring drives were 39 yards, 50 yards, 10 yards, and a 10-yard field goal drive that started at the 20. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the you look at the surface level at the Broncos, and they have all of the, they you know, they've won four straight games, they're back to 500, things, things might be looking up, but... You know, even I was looking at the Denver Post today and like even their columnists are like, yeah, this team isn't very good, but they've been they've been forcing turnovers. And that's been just enough. They the, the headline called it perfume. They, they've been masking what is not a very good team by forcing all of these turnovers. Yeah, that seems accurate, because like. Even with their record, it just seems like everything they've done to this point has just been, you can point to an obvious reason. And it's not a good reason. (laughs) Because, like, sure, they're getting turnovers, but it's despite the fact that, like, it just seems like these teams are uh, just falling falling over themselves and handing them the wins, it seems like. Yeah, that's a lot of kind of what the... um... The, the Bills did. It's what the Chiefs did. Like, it's just a matter of time before they're, they're not able to do that in a game and they're, they're just not able to generate points. I mean, this this defense, I, I even, I, I dug into the defensive stats because right now they're ranked 30th, they're 32nd in the league in almost all yardage categories, <laughs> strictly because the Dolphins put up 756 yards on them. <laughs> Or 726 yards on them. Yeah, that'll skew the three. sample a little bit. So I, I took that out. I took that game completely out of their stats. And they're still allowing 5.8 yards per play. Ooh, okay. Yeah. With with, with the Dolphins game in, they're, they're, they're allowing 6.6 yards per play. So, like, the, 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 the Browns offense as gutted as it is should be able to do what they're best at this week and move the ball on the ground. Um, yeah. Yeah. This feels like the team that they're built 
perfectly for to run on because of the reasons you stated. They're somehow giving up five yards a pop, and it's <laughs> if you take out that Dolphins game, they're still doing that, and it's just it's the perfect formula for helping out DTR and easing him into another game where he'll like it'll probably be a similar game plan where it's conservative and it's like, just don't make mistakes. And obviously now they'll get more rushing yards. I would think because like they, they just seem incapable of any run defense whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I, I dug up some more stats and I texted them to a friend like, you take out the Dolphins game and they're still giving up five yards per carry, 139 yards a game on the ground. Uh, the Vikings, who do not have a very good run offense, they haven't been very good all year, ran for 175 yards on Sunday night. They fumbled the ball twice. Hmm. Um, <laughs> they've, they gave up five yards a carry to a running back group that came into the game averaging 3.7. Yeah. If it, and this is a Browns offense that has been in the top 10 in terms of rushing, despite the fact that they don't have Nick Chubb, they are just using a platoon. So like the, if that is their road to success, that'll be it. Yeah. I mean, the, the offensive road to success for the Browns is simply don't turn the ball over. <laughs> like the Broncos have shown even in their four game winning streak that there's long, a lot of bends. Long drive long drives are few and far between for them. Yeah, there's a lot of bend and they're just lucky that they're getting these turnovers right now. They're bending, 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 and the turnovers are the breaks, pretty much. Yeah. They've had since since the Kansas City game, they've had if like if you want to just go on touchbacks, like starting at the twenty-five, they've had or the twenty. I'll, I'll give them this twenty-yard starting at their own twenty. They've had one, two, three, four, five drives. Um, five of their sixteen scoring drives have started twenty-five and in on their side of the field. Mm-hmm. Um. Only one of them is a touchdown drive. The rest of them are field goals. They're just, they're not a consistent enough offense to drive 75 yards on Minnesota. Who, they're not that great of a defense. On Buffalo, who is, uh, was a good defense to start the season, but they've been just absolutely obliterated by injury. Yeah, it just, <laughs> they, they just, yeah, like, it, unless their their defense is giving them short fields, they're not. They have not been able to generate any consistent offense. And with Russ, especially, it, it's you're not you're getting an inconsistent like product in terms of quarterback play. You don't really know what that offense is from week to week, and especially going against uh, our defense, who has clamped down most offenses that are functional. Like I, I, I expect it could potentially get ugly for the Broncos if they don't have the right game plan in place. Yeah, I mean, Russ has been better at taking care of the ball of late. Um, he's not throwing for a lot of yards uh, in his last... Let's see. 
in his last six games, he's only top 200 yards once, and it was last week against the, the Vikings, who we have already said is not a very good defense. Um, in the game they won against Kansas City, he was 13 of 22 for 95, one touchdown and two picks. Yeah, just that. <laughs> if Actually, that, that, was, kinda... that was the game they lost to Kansas City. The game they beat Kansas City, he was 12 of 19 for 114 and three touchdowns. But 12 of 19 for 114 is nothing to write home about. He's been he's been efficient in the last four games. He's uh, let's see if it'll add it up. I don't think it will. But um, his completion percentage is pretty high. Uh, it's probably in the 70s. So yeah, and, and from what I've seen in terms of highlights with Russ, it's it's a lot of short passes. He's not really throwing it down the field like he would vintage Russ wise, and that's. It just seems like he's Sean Payton's kind of neutered him into a, basically you have this much of the field to work with. You this is how where you operate, and that's it. And they, he just has not really thrown the ball more than maybe ten yards. It seems like from what I've seen, so that, that makes that checks out in my mind. Yeah, I mean, it's the Broncos may have won four straight, but this is still a very winnable game. Um, it's. I think it's just on DTR to do what he did last week and keep the ball out of harm's way in in the passing game. Um, he did a pretty good job of that against the Steelers. Uh, the one pass that was picked off, I think, was it tipped by his own guy? Like, I don't remember the play very well. Um, uh, which one? His, the pass that was intercepted. Oh, it was a, like a slant to Amari. It hit him right in the chest, popped up, and it got picked because it was a pop-up pretty much. Yeah. So, you know, there were some passes that looked like they sailed on him a little bit. Uh, there were some passes that are inaccurate. But, like, it was, overall, it wasn't a bad day. His stats would have looked a lot better had they not dropped the ball seven times. Uh, that game actually put We're looking Browns, at you, David. That game actually put the Browns um, as the top drop team in the league. Uh, they at like twenty six drops this season. It, it probably is because like of the change of quarterbacks. Like I think people don't understand that when you have so much change at quarterback, you're dealing with different velocities, different spins of the ball, different feel of the quarterbacks that you're trying to get used to. So you're not getting used to like how he throws it, the velocity he has, and you're just basically getting used to another quarterback every other week. So it's just like, even the wide receivers and tight ends are not comfortable. And yet they've still been able to score points. (laughs) Yeah. And they're, I mean, I think we, we saw the stat come out this morning. Um, the Browns have actually scored more points than the Chiefs through 10 games. It's, which is, but, sounds so odd on itself. Which is, it's by two points. The Browns have scored 227. The Chiefs have scored 225. Neither of those is good. The, both of those are good for like middle to below in league average. Um, but, you know, the Chiefs are supposed to have this high-flying offense Patrick Mahomes, and they've only scored 225 points, and they haven't scored a second half point in a month. 
haven't scored one since they faced the Chargers, and that was almost a month ago. That's crazy. Yeah, and what did the Browns? What did the Browns score in the second half? Uh, on the uh, in Baltimore, wasn't it twenty two points? Yeah, because or... they they made up the deficit in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they they scored a bunch of points in the second half. So, granted, that was Deshaun Watson. We we need to see more out of this offense going forward. Maybe DTR gets better as the weeks go on. Um, I will say if and and I think I mentioned this on Sunday. If Sunday was the best we're going to get out of him. Check route, check downs and dump offs and short routes. We're probably going to see Joe Flacco by mid December because your offense just won't function if that's all you have left. Um, I'm not advocating for Joe Flacco in any by any means, but yeah, no, nobody should. Like any reasonable person should. Uh, the people that are are trying to advocate for Joe Flacco or just the people that are riding the, oh, he took the Ravens to the Super Bowl back in 2011. Dude, I was a freshman when that happened. You know how long that's been? It's been 12 years. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, that, that just He's 38 years old. <laughs> like If you're relying on Joe Flacco, then your season's in a rough place. So... Um, I mean, they, they could end up relying on Joe Flacco, but it, this is DTR's job to lose at this point. So hopefully they get what they need to see out of them over the next few weeks. Um, they have games against defenses that they can take advantage of. They have the defense getting into them. They have games, two games now in a row in the Broncos and Rams that do not block very well. No. Um, Matt Stafford's already been injured this year. I think he, he's missed at least a game. It might have been two. Um, and every highlight, it feels like he's getting planted into the ground every week. So that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of his. Yeah, I, I got to imagine that at his age, he's like not feeling this anymore, Mister Krabs. <laughs> <laughs> like he's he's getting too old for that crap. You want to know what I'm feeling? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like he he's he's got to be thinking the retirement button is coming soon. <laughs> um, but I mean, that, to be honest, that whole team is pretty much thinking the retirement button. <laughs> even Sean McVay, he he even thought of retiring, and he's like thirty six. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't understand that one. I think he might have just been threatening that to avoid a rebuild, but. Well, this is what he signed up for. At least he got a ring. But the the Broncos are certainly a very beatable team. Um, The Browns' schedule is full of very beatable teams going forward. Uh, I mean, I was looking at it today. The the Jaguars haven't beat – they beat the Bills. That's like the only good team they've beaten all season. It's really the only good team they've played. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not counting the Steelers. So – um, they still have games against the Ravens and the Browns, and they've they got throttled by the te- the Texans. So, uh, those the the Jaguars and the Texans will play four good teams this season, and two of them two of those games are against each other, and then the other two are the Browns and the Ravens. The rest of their schedule is a joke. Um, yeah, it's really bad. It's 
if they don't make the playoffs based on that schedule, that that's an embarrassment in itself. Yeah, they play the NFC South, which means they both played the Panthers. So, like those two teams are teams that should make make the playoffs just based on how they're how they're playing. CJ Stroud's coming along, uh, despite the fact that he almost threw the Cardinals the game in the second half. Um. On Sunday, so those are those are winnable games. We just got a schedule full of winnable games. The the Jaguars are the kind of the outlier there. The Jaguars and whatever Jets team shows up. I, I really don't want it to be the Aaron Rodgers Jets. That would just kind of be annoying. Uh, yeah, just from the aspect of oh, Aaron Rodgers miraculous comeback and all that jazz, and it that would be so annoying. Just. It, even before the game starts, it, they'll make a big fuss about it. Like always, oh, some like it'd be like Jesus coming out of the tomb. Like they'll make it a big deal like that. Yeah, luckily that would happen the week before against the Commanders, but um, that would be it. Would be a primetime game because it's on Thursday night. But back to the game at hand. Um, I just don't. I don't see how the Browns can put themselves in a position to lose this game aside from doing it to themselves. I don't think the Broncos have the offensive capability to put up more than maybe 14 points on their own. And they've shown struggles to even score touchdowns. So yeah, they're almost allergic at points. So yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know what their red zone offense is, is ranked, but it's gotta, gotta be uh, pretty low. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on. But it's let's see. Denver's red zone offense is twenty second in the league. Twenty second, okay. They're the the Panthers red zone offense is better. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. Oh man. Granted, the Panthers probably haven't been in the red zone that many times, but Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they just haven't been there and the like the sample size is probably skewed a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's pretty evident just in going through their scoring drives. When you have scoring field goal scoring drives, when you have three of those in ten in three games that are less than ten yards, your means you're getting in, you're getting down there, and you're not moving the ball. So, yeah. I, I don't have any, I don't have any doubt that this defense is going to be able to ha- the Browns' defense is going to be able to handle them. Um, they do have some speed on the receiver positions. Uh, that's probably about all I'm concerned about. It's kind of the same thing that concerns me with the Rams the next week. Uh, the Rams will be able to scheme a little bit better, but I just I, I don't see the Broncos just kind of have. It feels like that uh, four game winning streak the Browns rolled off at the end of the what was it the 2009 or 10 season when they yeah, were when, uh, when they were a terrible uh, team. Yeah, it was like the 
Yeah, it was like a last-ditch, like, four-game winning streak that earned Eric Mangini one last year. <laughs> because just off vibes alone, so that's just kind of what it was. <laughs> yeah, it was... I mean, that was a mistake. But it, it kind of feels like one of those. They They might not deserve it, but they've done it. Um, so unfortunately we do not have game picks for, for this game, uh, for this week yet. We, we will get those done, um, when we can, but I mean, Tuesday, it's a little early, (laughs) but I can go over last week's, um, let's see. Gerbs has taken a pretty commanding lead now. Uh, he's stretched it to four points. He's at 87. Matt, you're at 83. I cut back into it a bit at 82. Uh, you picked the Vikings. Gerbs and I picked the Broncos. Um, we all picked the Chiefs. So yeah, That didn't go well. Granted, we were all expecting Taylor Swift to be there, and she wasn't. So maybe she let us down. <laughs> Probably, because um, they usually play better when she's there. So who knows? Historically, they have. Uh, but uh, we 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 all kind of struggled in the prop bets. Um, you and Gerbs both got the over on DTR pass yards. I set that at one sixty two and a half. He threw for one sixty five. Uh, so and you got like thirty of those on the last on last drive. Yeah, uh, we all took the over on the rushing attempts. They're over over under thirty seven and a half. Um, they only ran the ball twenty eight times. Um, felt low. Uh, we all took the over on long rush of 26 and a half. I think their longest run of the day was 17. Yeah, and I think it was a Jerome Ford rush. It actually could have, it might have even been the the Kareem Hunt's hurdle that went for 14. Uh, they didn't have a very many long rushes. They they just didn't run the ball well. Um, Steelers total yards over under 255 and a half. We all took the under. We all got it. They, they had 249, uh, six fewer than the last game. Um, and then the Brown sacks plus takeaways over under four and a half. Um, I believe they had three sacks and no takeaways. Hmm. Okay. So we all missed that. We all missed the over on that. Um, you got the most points in the props. Or no, Gerb's got the most points in the props. So um, well, we will fill in everyone on what our picks were for week 12 uh, later this week. Um, I'm not going to make us pick games <laughs> that are happening on Sunday on Tuesday when we have no idea who's playing in those games. No. So, um, let's see. Do you have anything else you want to add about the, the Broncos? I, I guess with the Broncos, obviously, like with field, like obviously their home field advantage is like the obviously the high elevation and that'll factor in a little bit. Cause like that is the one thing that no team can re- really replicate is that. So if the team looks a bit sluggish, at least to start out, I wouldn't be shocked because like, it's hard to like really replicate that outside of Denver. So I would think yeah, that it's also going to be cold, which makes the air even thinner. Uh, it's going to be in the forties. Maybe the high 30s. So no snow, no wind, just cold. 
solid, solid weather day in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, the more I dig into these stats, like, yeah, the Broncos have reeled off wins, but like, I don't know how much I can trust those wins are them turning it around over them having really high turnover variance right now. Um, I saw, I saw a graph. I was sent a graph earlier today that showed the defensive um, EPA since week six. The the Broncos are twelfth in defensive EPA since week six. Browns are sixth. Um, I think week six would have been the Niners. Niners game. So yeah. the Colts game probably affected that and the the Colts game and the Seahawks game probably affected the Browns in a negative way. But when you factor in the effect that turnovers have had on the defensive EPA, if you take out the effect of turnovers for what the defenses are actually doing without the assistance of getting the ball back, the Broncos are actually 27th. Yeah, it's just back to what we were talking about. It just seems like they're benefiting so much from these turnovers that they're masking whatever the the Broncos have been to the point where now they're they're five hundred, and yeah. that should not be something that's sustainable. Because like, sure, tur- tur- uh, turnovers are nice, but if that's the only thing that you're relying on, then that's not a good defense. You're just getting lucky. Like yeah, you could I mean, say the same thing for like the 2020 Browns. Like they were not a good defense, but they got turnovers. Remember that? There was a lot of key turnovers that they made during yeah. that year to prop them up, despite the fact that they weren't that good. I mean, they're averaging almost four takeaways a game. That's not sustainable. That I mean that that luck comes and goes. We saw we seen it with the Browns. Like they didn't generate any turnovers to start the season and now they're starting to get more and more. They didn't get any last week, but I, I almost I almost don't think against the Steelers, you almost don't need them if they're not obvious. You'd rather focus on not giving up big plays. And obviously they gave up they gave up three big plays to the Steelers this season, and I think that it might have accounted for about fifty percent of their total or forty to fifty percent of their total yardage output against the Browns the entire in both games. Yeah, if, if you take out those plays, they did what they had to do against the Steelers. It was like it just shows you how pathetic that uh, that offense is. And well, Matt no, Canada's man. gone, so yeah, they, they, they that changes. They blamed Canada. They finally blamed Canada. It only took them like two one, years, what, two and a half years, two years, and they made a move that they haven't done since World War II. They have not had an in-season firing of their coach since 1941, and it wasn't. It, it was what was his name? It was like I don't. He remember. was actually a coach that was an a part owner, and he fired himself. So the, the owner fired himself. The, and, the last the last time they fired a coach. Pearl Harbor hadn't happened yet. Yeah, America hadn't even entered World War II. Yeah, we were we were still uh, sitting out on the sidelines best we could. <laughs> so it's been a while. And the Steelers were actually not a good franchise at that point. They started in the 20s. They didn't get good until the 70s. Oh, no, they were, they were considered the Browns of their time for a very long – for those like 
50 years before the 70s? Yeah, they, they didn't win their first playoff game until 1972. Their franchise started in the 20s. So. Sometimes, just shows you things can change that quickly. It might take a while, but yeah. Granted, they've been now, they've now been good for the last 50 years. It would be kind of nice if they were now bad for the next 50 years. <laughs> I think right now, at least in recent history, they've just been more mediocre. So, like, I think that's more their current trend is they're just mediocre. Yeah, they've, they're kind of, they kind of just exist. Um, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're a cockroach. They, you can't kill them, and sometimes they get the best of you, but they're never really that big of a threat. No. <laughs> it, it, yeah, they're just there. The The aura of the Steelers is there, and just they're there, and can we just stop talking about them now? <laughs> yeah, we don't have to see them again. I, I am interested to see what how, if their offense changes at all. I'm glad that we got two games of Matt Canada. Um, the Bengals are probably wondering what, what they're going to see on Sunday. Um, maybe they give Warren more than nine, nine rushes and 12 total touches this time instead of what they got on Sunday. The Kenny, Pickett, the, the Kenny Pickett Renaissance begins now. Um, <laughs> you watch. <laughs> now, if that happens, I'm very, I'll be very confused. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't, I keep circling back to the same things. If the Browns are able to take care of the ball, there shouldn't be anything that this Broncos defense can do to keep them out of the end zone three times. Mm. And at this point, this Browns defense should be able to get you wins if you can get to 17 or 20 points. There's no one left on the schedule that I I really think can put up 20, 24 points on this defense without – help from the offense. Yeah, that uh, back to what we said. It basically just has to be don't make big mistakes. Your defense will bail you out more often than not. Score enough points and you should win most of your games. That should be the strategy for the rest of the way. In the words of John Madden, if you have more points at the end of the game, you win. I don't know if he actually said that. I might have been paraphrasing, but he definitely said something like that. That sounds like a John Madden thing to say, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But, yep. Um, I mean, also, I, shout out to him. This is his holiday in terms of the NFL. This is his, this is his Super Bowl. Everyone go have yourself a turducken. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Well, I think it's pretty safe to say we're probably both just on, on vibe right now. We're probably both going to end up picking the Browns. Um, it's just... The, the Broncos are kind of they, – they've won four in a row, but it's kind of smoke and mirrors. You could say that about the Browns. They've won four of five, and it's kind of been a lot of – aside from the Ravens game, it's been a lot of uh, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> but Don't apologize for wins, baby. Don't nope, apologize. You, they, you don't give them back. But uh, we will be back on Sunday – uh, I realized earlier today that this is the first, and actually this is a kind of a fun stat. This is the first time the Browns have had back-to-back four o'clock kicks since 2019. Um, and it's the first time they've had back-to-back games west of the mountain time zone or the mountain time zone or further since 2000. Really? Yeah. 
they've not played two straight games in the mountain time zone and or the Pacific time zone since 2000. Wow. I did not know that. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be kind of a weird one. We're not really used to four o'clock kicks. Uh, we're especially not used to four twenty-five kicks, which is what we got next week. So I guess, uh, in, enjoy the, um, the late kicks. Yeah, take a nap and as as, um, as Andrew said in our Discord today, uh, ha- eat lunch, take a nap of watching Red Zone, and wake up to watch the Browns. <laughs> yep, not a bad strategy. Like particularly this Sunday, you can have those Thanksgiving sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But okay, well, we will be back on Sunday. Um, for Matt Milner, I'm Taylor Ditterzak, and go Browns. Go Browns. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever you know i think the pause right there is probably more important than the word amazing athletes like boxing champion buster douglas when a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up that's when i knew it was over yeah Yeah. right and yes bigfoot chasers do you believe in bigfoot and if so does he really eat beef jerky (laughs) the bigfoot thing is people have seen these and and i've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it it's whiskey business with dino chipotas join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.